I'm Helani Ellis, and this is the Exceptional Admins Podcast, where I invite admins, executives, and influencers to come together in an intimate setting. The world for administrative professionals doesn't just involve basic tasks. It includes an array of requests, challenges, and triumphs. During each episode, you'll be a witness to candid conversations and hear and join in on many, many laughs. And for those that know me, it wouldn't be complete without thought-provoking moments. The distinguished guests sharing time with us during each episode believe in the admin profession and have much to contribute to the greater good of executives, their admins, and organizations. Now, let's get to today's topic. Calm, a sense of clarity, stress reduction, relaxation. These thoughts and many more like this are at the top of everyone's thinking. Hi everyone, I'd like to introduce you to an amazing brand. I'm honored to share that I know one of the co-founders of this brand because he was a past client of mine. Feels, F-E-A-L-S. It is a premium CBD company that delivers right to your doorstep. Now, for those new to CBD, despite similar chemical structure of CBD and THC, CBD doesn't have the same psychoactive effects. CBD is used to help with a variety of conditions, such as inflammation, pain, nausea, migraines, depression, anxiety, and it works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, air quotes, associated to it. Out the gate, branding was so on point. Colors, the materials, the write-up, everything about it was very exciting when my box arrived to my doorstep. So I received the Feels Flight Package and was excited to get started. I followed the very detailed instructions and was soon on my way to feeling relief. I was interested in testing the product for you guys because I wanted to know what the experience was like. I took it before bed, And I also have been taking it to aid in feeling sore since having started a new workout regimen. I can say in knowing my client, this brand is backed by passion, commitment, and honesty. So for you to check out, to consider, to apply to your day-to-day, a natural way to feeling better, check out feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com. beautiful push that you give someone when they're don't they don't want to leave their comfort zone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we talk about taking the and again i'm a big air quotes person i know i love it taking the ache out of mistakes (laughs) (laughs) the ache out of mistakes yes i have a lot of corny things but they're easy to remember so i think it works yeah Yeah, i've got a whole lot more (laughs) okay Welcome everyone to another episode here at Exceptional Admins. I'm very excited to mention I'm actually in person with my guests today. <laughs> this is so cool. Um, Jamie Dandar McKinney is my guest and she runs an amazing organization that was founded by her that is Jamie Empowers, really connected to females and professionals. And we came together via an amazing uh, woman, mm-hmm. Janine, if mm-hmm. you're listening, thank you. <laughs> and we're excited to talk about everything that is connected to confidence, everything that's connected to females 
in the workforce, which then of course has beautiful ripples into your personal life. So thank you so much for spending time with me today, Jamie. I'm yep. excited to host you here at my office. <laughs> <laughs> I am thrilled to be at your office, Helani. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, let's get started with everyone is on a journey and that journey puts them somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you stay on the same freeway in life. You mm -hmm. can get off an exit, come back on, or completely get on a different freeway, if mm -hmm. you will, just for a visual. Mm -hmm. Walk us through your career and maybe transition, which is my second question, to you know what you're doing today. Definitely. And it's interesting that you choose the um, highway metaphor because I started my career in automotive refinish. <laughs> I love it. So I was around cars and paint and the company that I joined out of college, uh, they had, I joined a team of 400 and I was the third female. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was Impressive. also the youngest by on average 20 years. Oh. I had no business experience, you know, other than internships out mm -hmm. of school and I hadn't grown up in the industry like many of them had. So I couldn't even tell stories of, oh, well, when I was in pigtails running around grandpa's <laughs> shop, I mean, you know, I had nothing. And right. they looked at me like, what the hell are you doing here, honey? Or, you know, said that out loud much more colorfully. Mm. And, you know, with that being my first job, in some ways, I just I didn't even know better. But I thought, all right, well, this is how the business world works, and here I am. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until a few years later that I realized that my method of not getting eaten alive by these guys mm. was to always carry myself with confidence. Mm -hmm. That was my secret weapon. That was my superpower. That was my ability to go in there and not being like them on any variable, mm -hmm. but to establish my credibility and say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm here to do a job, and it actually works a lot better when we work together. What was the job? So or I was in a, a sales role. I was a territory sales manager, mm -hmm. and then I worked my way up to a business development manager, and then had some special projects along the way as well. Mm -hmm. Some of which involved public speaking, mm. which, mm -hmm. you know. which you do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. And it's interesting hearing that because all of a sudden you're like, why did they pick you? And you can go really kind of into the weeds of understanding which doesn't mean it's a waste of time to figure that out, but it's a good discovery because to your point, you must have come to this revelation of like, how did I survive this? How did I get through this? Mm -hmm. And that is to the word confidence, which is a big part of what Jamie empowers your business does. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. Well, and I, I want to mention too that, that the irony of that is that, you know, going into that heavily, heavily male dominated industry is that I am girly. I grew up in an estrogen empire <laughs> i have two she looks sisters amazing today by the way she put on these heels and this hot pink top and this amazing blazer so Aww, very girly thank yeah you. okay keep going <laughs> i'll take it um you know i have two sisters i went to an all-girls high school i was in a sorority i know my way around a sewing machine i prefer wine to beer like you know i'm not the one that you would pick out of a crowd and be like hey jame go rock it in male-dominated industry. Right. Um, what what the company saw in me is, A, I had a college degree, mm -hmm. um, which was a big threat to the people who didn't have that. Sure. Um, and B, that it was just attitude and like, hey, do you want to learn? And I was like, yes, and this is so cool because now you're paying me to learn, which is different <laughs> than best. college, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was part of it. It was just a, a kind of a can-do attitude and yes, I'll try this and yes, I'll try that. And I didn't really say no to opportunities. 
Smart. You never want to miss out on having an experience. It's something that one of my other guests said in an episode, and it's been sitting with me a lot since she and I recorded that because I was like, that's true. An experience gives you additional information, additional knowledge. And so it's neat to hear also the progression and how far you got. How many years were you there? So I was in the automotive refinish industry for 10 years to the day, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and experienced so many great things. And I learned that confidence is not something, you know, if I can do it, anybody can do it, considering so how vastly different my background was going into it. So there is a formula, there are steps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is an element, there is a confidence gene that some people are naturally born with more than others. But that doesn't mean that that determines your future. So Say that again, because I love having people repeat something powerful. So there is a confidence gene, meaning that some people are naturally born with more confidence than others. But it's similar to going to the gym. I mean, you know, if you want to get stronger, everybody can get stronger. Right. There's steps to take, you know, hiring a trainer, hiring a coach, somebody who can show you how this works is immensely helpful and it can be done. And the really cool thing is that it's, it's like a flywheel, right? For any Peloton riders out there, that first push is pretty intense, right? But once you get it going... And the spinning of the wheel and the rhythm of the legs, especially Mm -hmm. connected to the music, I love to spin so I can connect to that. Exactly. And you know, like you're feeling the endorphins and you're like, ooh, I want more of this. Yeah, I do. I really do. So it almost becomes like a drug that you crave and you get into this mode of like, well, heck yeah, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Because I want to get to the other side. Right. And I I talk about something called Bravana. Ah. Um, which is a hashtag Bravana. Okay. Um, Bravana, of course, rhymes with Nirvana. Sure. And Bravana is the euphoric feeling that washes over you when you have conquered a fear, you've enlisted your courage, and you've done something that scared you. Mm. You got to the other side, and it's interesting because you don't even necessarily have to be victorious. Good point. You don't have to be victorious. And a part that's connecting with me for the admins that listen to this it could be a small risk, if you will, mm-hmm. to where you chose to go ahead and say something specific to your executive. And you're like, it's going to be a risk to say, I'd like to do this by myself next time and then show you versus being told how to do it. Mm-hmm. They're going to love that desire for autonomy and quite honestly, taking on executive composure. So Bravana. Yes. That's pretty badass. <laughs> I love you. that. I Thank really you. love that. Where did that come from? Uh, I just somewhere up in here when I was thinking Mm -hmm. through things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Very cool. You said the word confidence, which is a big part of the work that you do for Jamie and Powers. I'm very excited about the word. I have heard a lot in, in any sort of industry, whether it's the admin industry and profession or sales, you need confidence to close someone, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. For me, the part that I've discovered a lot in the work that I do now as a headhunter is... Confidence is not only how you dress or carry yourself. It is, and I think we talked about this when we were connecting. Confidence is so the voice, your narrative, how you're showing up in communication, how you're also showing some vulnerability, mm-hmm. which people don't think that vulnerability and confidence have a relationship, mm-hmm. those two words and those two things or emotions. Mm-hmm. Walk us through what it is with confidence for you and how with the work that you do with people, be it females, empowering them because your business is called Jamie Empowers. Yes. Walk me through that confidence. So that's a great question. Uh, a few layers to that. I think, you know, the the 
intersection of confidence and vulnerability is authenticity. And authenticity is always attractive to the people who are, and I'm air quoting, your people. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody is your person and that's okay. Yeah, that's so okay. That is so okay, <laughs> by the way. It's true. And, you yeah. know, not taking that personally is also great because there's just something, there's a lot that we can't control actually. Yeah. Uh, but that your authentic self is the one that will have your most confident voice Mm -hmm. because you're at that point saying, you know, I love myself for my strengths. I love myself for my weaknesses. None of us are perfect. Perfect is a very dangerous place. And it is, you know, I say that you're, you're hearing directly from a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) I told you about my type A thing, I think. I'll bring it up later, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, whether there was 12 steps to that process or 112, I don't know. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, perfection is not the goal, but authenticity is. Yeah. Because then in your communication, your actions, your thoughts, your emotions, you're not putting additional energy into being something that you're not. Mm. And that's something that, you know, people starting out in their careers, and that was certainly the case for me and why I wound up switching industries at one point because I realized there were things within my job role itself where I was very authentic. I loved what I was doing as far as the business development and the sales and the marketing, but quite honestly, the industry, I just had no passion for it. Right. And so I thought, wouldn't it be neat if I could have both? Mm-hmm. And that's when I made the transition over to another heavily male dominated industry. And that was oil and oh, gas. gas yeah. um, but when I got there, I was like, okay, I know how this works. I've done this before. And it was when I was in oil and gas that all these God whispers started coming in mm-hmm. of, hey, Jamie, this is leading up to something different. And that's what I do now. And that's paying attention. And that's being curious. And that's having conversations that are maybe new for you or trying to build relationships, living in a state of curiosity helps Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. learning the authenticity and connecting to it. I know for administrative individuals, speaking also for myself, that there is the label, there is the persona of what an EA is. There's a box with that. You have to step into the box and stay within the confines of the box. I'm very much on a mission besides the other things that I do, but especially with the podcast is to bring a fresh sense of light and energy and deep breath to the fact that we are not just that title Mm -hmm. and that title no longer defines who we are. It is very outdated. And so really coming to authenticity, which people get scared Mm -hmm. and they're not fully interested because they're like, well, I want to be liked by all, which you said it most beautifully. Not everyone is your person, which Mm -hmm. is powerful. Mm -hmm. Walk us through a little bit about how you help someone arrive to connecting with their authenticity because sometimes it's painful. Yes, yes. One of the first things we do is we take a look at her superpowers, Mm. her strengths. And there's some conversations, there's some exercises we go through. Some people can right off the bat say, I rock at this. And other people have a hard time doing that. And some of the struggle comes from within the place of the things that come easily to us, Mm. we don't realize are not, natural skill sets for other people. You know, in oil and gas, I work with extremely intelligent women. They are engineers and data analysts and you know, um, scientists. And I mean, some of them can calculate algorithms in their head and they forget that not everybody can do that. No. Or like with an admin, I mean, the number of tasks that she does, disparate tasks, 
on any given day, that's a lot. Not yeah. just anybody can do that no. and keep them straight. And so one of the first things is taking a look at those strengths and realizing that those are unique to you. Mm-hmm. Not just anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. And then there's something really cool called the virtuous cycle of confidence and job performance that when you highlight those strengths and you pay attention to spending time on them, mm-hmm. notice how you feel when you're in your you know zone of excellence or zone of genius. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're invigorated, you're pumped up. Mm-hmm. And that feeds then into your job performance, which feeds back into your confidence, which feeds into your job performance. And so it's this virtuous cycle. Mm-hmm. And another really neat trick about it is that confidence is a transferable skill set. So when you can focus in one area and really develop a skill, mm-hmm. that will transfer to other areas as well. Because confidence is starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And I always like to describe the beautiful ripples that come from great moments, mm-hmm. right? And as a parent, you know, when I'm having conversations with the kids and then they're going to remember that conversation, that conversation will ripple into the next experience, into the next win, if you will. And for me, with the work that I do, no two executives I support with headhunting are the same. There's commonality, but that strength for that one goes to the next one and or, okay, this executive is very similar to that executive from that time. I remember how to ask certain questions to then get deeper for that executive so they can discover truly what their match is. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, is that I take risks every day. And that's hard for many because they don't, the recovering perfectionist, as you've described yourself, <laughs> the perfectionist in us doesn't want to fail. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of and I don't like fail. It's a little dramatic. I can't think on the fly right now of something better. But what would be the work words that you share or the beautiful push that you give someone when they're don't they don't want to leave their comfort zone? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we talk about taking the and again I'm a big air quotes person. I know I love it. Taking the ache out of mistakes. <laughs> the ache. <laughs> Out of mistakes. Yes. I have okay. a lot of corny things, but they're easy this. to remember. I'm going to have so to write I think all it works. these down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've got a whole lot more. Okay. Uh, taking the ache out of mistakes. So when mistakes happen, which they do to everyone all the time, probably on a daily basis, you've got two choices. You can either see them as a dead end and a, and a failure. I'm going to use that word. Mm-hmm. Or you can see it as an opportunity and that you just gained a new piece of information. Right. You didn't have before. That's right. And oftentimes the only way to gain that information is to actually take that step and go there. Mm -hmm. And then here's where it's a big, it's a paradox because most people think that when they make a mistake, it's the reactions of others around them that then determine their own reaction. And it's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you make a mistake... Like, quite honestly, when I was walking in here, there was a step and I tripped over it. (laughs) Okay. I haven't worn heels in a while. And I thought to myself, well, if I were to now, like, look around and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed and look what I did. Like, now that's what we were talking about before. There's a ripple effect that I'm creating within myself. Yeah. Whereas instead, if I tripped and I'm just like, (laughs) oh, well, I hope somebody saw that because that was funny. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's a different, you're just, it's the exact same circumstances but it's a different script that you're writing in your head. And each of us has the power to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And what did I learn from that? Right. Well, 
I learned. There's a step there. <laughs> There's a step there. <laughs> and maybe put heels on while you're at home during quarantine. Yeah. I love it. And now I know. <laughs> and now you know. And it's interesting because you were sweet to share that moment. Tell us a story because you've shared a few with me before where someone started to get it. The work that you do. Mm-hmm. I even believe you said one of the executives who brought you in to work with this female leader, they committed, commented to you that we see a shift. Mm-hmm. And I want to just point out real quick, and you may want to talk about it in a minute. I'm not comfortable with the word change. I prefer evolve. Yes. But sure. go ahead and tell us a story about someone who started to, you know, connect with their competence yes. and their authenticity. And this, I'm so glad you asked that question, Helani, because this is truly my favorite part of what I do. Like mm-hmm. I have goosebumps all over right now. I love it. Um, yes. And these are, you know, I've already, I know this story, right? Yeah. So, So in this particular case, uh, yes, this executive came to me and he said, you know, I have somebody on my team. Um, She does these things well. I think, though, she would really benefit from spending time with you in your leadership coaching program. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, great. Let me talk to her because that's that's one of the keys here is that, you know, my program is not for everyone. Uh, but someone who's on board and hungry and has that feeling like, you know, I'm on the precipice of something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not fully tapping into my confidence. I see people who do that. I want that. Mm-hmm. That's that's the sweet spot. And she had exactly that. And so as we started going through the program, focusing on the superpowers, giving her some different language, uh, different ways to look at situations with authority, her her boss then called me a few weeks later and he said, Jamie. Wow. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because other people who don't even know that this is going on, um, you know, don't even know that you're that she's working with anyone one on one are saying, what's up with with her? Mm-hmm. You know, like I've noticed some really great changes. Mm-hmm. And that just makes my day because mm. that's the empowerment piece. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is I have no secrets. Like I want to share everything that I know mm-hmm. so that others can do it. Uh, another story I have this one, I was in tears uh, when she called to tell me, uh, this woman actually works in special education. She's mm-hmm. an advocate for kids with special needs. And her boss was thwarting some efforts. There were some internal politics. And so some of the children that she represented were not getting the proper assessments they needed in order to be connected with the proper treatments and resources. And after we worked together for a while, she made her plan and she addressed the issue and was she scared to do it yeah definitely however she was also brave and she knew that there was the potential of bravana on Mm -hmm. the other side and even bigger than that that these little these little people who can't speak up for themselves yeah she has to be their voice she has to be their voice and you know what happened when she was no drama ensued she was heard. Yeah. Um, the woman uh, who was standing in her way actually took the the feedback very well. Mm-hmm. And what she told me is, you know, people who are way above me in the org chart who never talk to me, they're stopping me in the hall. Oh, my word. So it helped, you know, there's, I'm not able to say his name, but it helped this one little guy in particular who's six years old, mm-hmm. who certainly can't speak up for himself. Mm-mm. It helped her in her career. And then her mom even said to me, what is going on here? Yeah. (laughs) I have seen this change and it's amazing. That is so beautiful. And there's commonality in what you do and what winds up happening with me and the work. 
there are opportunities to consult, advise, mentor, positively push the admins mm-hmm. that I've placed. I'm around for a while after their start date, and it's not at all to be the middleman, but it's to be that sounding board. Mm-hmm. Working on us and finding solutions by yourself and resourcing that beautiful thing, Google, <laughs> is just not enough. Mm-mm. You don't get the opportunity for dialogue. You don't get the opportunity to be challenged. And that is where the movement I'm on here in 2020, regardless of a pandemic or not, in years to follow, is really providing some very easy to digest information to why what you do, and we'll call it consulting, we'll call it mentorship, we'll call it uh, being a pusher of positive things into people, be it females, that needs to happen because you cannot do anything from an elevation independently. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot of research, mm-hmm. but then you're sort of like, well, I want to dialogue with someone about it. Yes. What thoughts do you have on that? 100%. Uh, that accountability factor and working with someone who's you know been there, done that, or at least has you know some experience that the mentor, as you said. Yeah. Um, and especially in the space for admins when you know, things are constantly, I'm going to use your word changing mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're evolving. Evolving, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, when things are constantly evolving, I imagine that can get confusing and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. However, it's also not unique. It right. might be un- the exact things that are evolving might right. be unique, but the fact <clears throat> that they are is not. Mm-hmm. So having someone with that experience is so helpful. And then, you know, there's also something called the Pygmalion effect. Oh, which is people perform to the level of someone else's expectations and those expectations can be your own. And we can talk about this too, that, that the power of your thoughts and your negative talk or your positive talk Mm -hmm. is so impactful and influential to what happens next. So the importance of a mentor who believes in you and Mm. who says, I know you can do this. Yeah. I know you can do this. Yeah is so important. It's so powerful because one of my, I have so many, over 70 placements, and there's just a few in particular that I've gotten very intimate with on helping them navigate interesting leaders mm-hmm. who are just that interesting, <laughs> who have good an and bad days. <laughs> yeah. And I know that moment right there that you just mentioned that gives them that energy of someone believes in me. Mm-hmm. She, Helani, clearly knows I'm capable of this. She, Helani, and I want to go to this next, is not coming from an ill place or talking down to me. She's coming from a place of, I am here to help you. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit, because sometimes the word coaching, kind of like the word executive, title executive assistant, has a bad rap attached to it. Mm-hmm. What do you sort of do that gives you a chance to show your edge and your specialty? So coaching is, it's a, it's a uh, co-development situation. Mm-hmm. A, you know, a coach and an athlete, neither one exists alone, right? Right. I mean, they're, they're there to help each other in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coach is one who, back to just, you know, I, I believe in you and I yeah. want to help draw out the skill sets. Draw out, yeah. That you own. Uh, you know, I was holding a workshop and... It was a five-day workshop. Uh, it was an hour a day for five days. And one of the women on the call uh, challenged me a little bit, which I always appreciate. And she said, well, I want to know, how do I get that seat at the table? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. There's that phrase, seat at the table. Seat at the table. And not just the seat at the table, but then how do I speak, speak when up. I'm there? Yeah. And how am I heard? And 
I appreciated the question because if it were an easy answer and a simple answer and something that we all knew how to do, the question wouldn't even come up. Correct. The seat at the table is it's a it's a multi prong approach, mm-hmm. and it's more than just one coach mm-hmm. to get you there. And yeah. back to what we were talking about mentors, there's also champions and there's also allies, mm. and these are relationships to cultivate as well. Mm-hmm. And again, back to your authentic self, the mentors, champions, and allies with whom you'll connect mm-hmm. are the ones when you are being your authentic self and approaching them. So something came to mind right now with you mentioning authentic again. People who don't, which by the way, all of that was great. Thank you. People who don't know themselves and they meet someone that is self-aware mm-hmm. and authentic, mm-hmm. there is a bit of something there, whether it's, you know, subject A, she or he doesn't know themselves, subject B is on the journey of discovering themselves farther along than subject A. Mm-hmm. Subject A winds up having a negative vibe about subject B. Mm-hmm. And then subject B, because there is a love for being liked, mm-hmm. winds up compromising their authenticity to be okay. And I could be really funny and say politics, right? Let's comply. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's attract a lot of people. Clearly, we're not talking about that here. Uh-huh. But, you know, what is sort of something for subject B, the one that is on their journey? And that journey could be two months old mm-hmm. or it could be several years. Mm-hmm. How do we em- empower and stay on subject B, who is on the journey of learning authenticity, not be influenced by subject A, who just refuses to figure it out but now is an influence as you said when you tripped if anyone saw you (laughs) right like is that going to dictate how you feel about the trip what about subject a who doesn't know themselves that wants to be negative to subject b because he or she does know themselves and is learning their authentic life right right well so there's three things that we can control in life Mm -hmm. Uh, it's our personal eta which you know we we know eta is estimated time of arrival right sure your personal eta is your emotions your thoughts and your actions Mm. that's really the only thing we have control over Mm -hmm. so b has no control over what a is saying or doing so true negative or positive and the thing about authenticity is that it is a journey Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't know when I was 22 years old going into automotive who I was, but it's that process of being authentic in the journey mm-hmm. and saying, I'm discovering, I'm learning, and I'm gathering enough information so that I can then decide whether I like this or not. Right. I would say for myself now at 41, it was a long journey because I was very comfortable with sitting within a framework that someone else thought I should be. I was high school cheerleader. (laughs) I was also varsity cheer captain. (laughs) So there was that box and that label. But I was a bit of disruptor then. I mean, I was a disruptor in ballet class four years old, right? (laughs) If I played soccer, I was going to be the grass picker, right? Disruptive, Mm -hmm. thinking off, daydreaming and all that stuff. So I've been a disruptor since I was a little girl. And I'm comfortable with that. And I'm happy about that because it's helping me take what is today, the risks I take in the business that I run and the way that I want to service and connect and help people. Yes. My authentic journey has had um, a lot of setbacks where I allowed 
in authentic relationships because it just made sense at the time. Mm -hmm. And looking back now, I'm not regretful for any of it because they've taught me and they gave me those experiences that we talked about earlier. But I'm also very choosy about who I allow into my personal space. Mm -hmm. I'm also very okay if I start a relationship with someone, also a bit guarded, but still being authentic, freaking funny, like texting, how are you? And putting myself out there and realizing it is a one-way relationship. Do you find that once you become more connected to your authenticity, it helps you have healthier relationships? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, that that book, and I guess I think it turned into a movie too, He's Just Not That Into You. Oh, I like that one. I mean, yeah. that's applicable <laughs> on so many levels. I think I actually just watched that like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's so applicable. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the business world, we don't, we often don't get to choose, you know, who True. our colleagues are. I mean, there's there's pieces of that that we don't have control over mm-hmm. uh, but you know one of the one of the benefits that I've I've seen to this COVID and working from home is that everybody gets a peek into you know from the zoom meetings and the kids yeah. and the dogs and seriously the artwork you know everybody gets a peek into who is this person as a human mm-hmm. and I know like Brene Brown is doing her touchdown dance because this is a huge lesson in vulnerability and you know, I would I would posit that coming from this, it will make working relationships with the people that you didn't really care for so much um, a little enhanced, a Isn't little that true? better because now you're like, oh, they're not just this robot at work. They are a person. You know, mm-hmm. they do have these normal things mm-hmm. going on in their life. And, you know, the same thing like with executives and that intimidation factor and, you know, back again to the getting the seat at the boardroom. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things you can do, too, is look at these people as humans not as this like <laughs> top of the food chain, so scary fangs coming out. Like they're just humans too. And you know what? If you were if you ran into them at Wash Park, like right. you wouldn't think of them any differently. Correct. One of my guests uh, for the episode, What the Wellness, you'd like that one, by the way. Mariah, she talks about what she does when she comes and does corporate fitness and nutrition and elevating culture of companies is that when everyone comes in for the actual fitness class, mm-hmm. you're all on the same yeah, playing field. Everyone mm-hmm. hates the burpees and the CEO <laughs> is there doing them with you. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of human mm-hmm. that's lost when you're in the office mentality. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually loving that you brought that up because that is so true. You know, seeing on Zoom, looking at pictures, being able to sort of get that glimpse into the human side versus the employee and peer side is powerful. And a lot of the things that I'm really excited about as we can fast forward and see and then look years back, like what did we get from this? Mm-hmm. A deeper sense of curiosity because it's like, what the frick is this COVID-19? Where did it originate? And that list carries on, you know, and wanting to just learn and discover as well as like, am I more connected with my employees? You know, did I feel like my company cared about me kind of during a time where it was just so much other stuff going on, just survival too. There's one thing that's really important, conditioning your muscle. Mm -hmm. I'd like to really close, actually, Mm -hmm. I I misspoke. We have two things more that we want to talk about as I look here (laughs) at my notes. Uh, And I'm going to reverse, we're going to start the muscle and then we're going to close with the words I'm sorry and why we're not going to use those. But first off, the conditioning of the muscle. Mm -hmm. Share with me and the listeners that, please. Yes. So so confidence, like we talked about earlier, is something that some are born with more than others, but that everyone has the opportunity 
to condition and to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and in the book, there's actually a chapter that's 35 book, right? ways. My yeah. book, yes. What is the name of your book again? Speak Up, Sister. The I love it. Okay. <laughs> the Professional Woman's Guide to Confidence and Success. Beautiful. Okay. So in the book, there's actually, there's 30, there's one chapter specifically, it's 35 ways to channel your confidence. Wow. And one of them specifically is that I talk about, you know, if confidence were a currency, think about your confidence as a currency, as if it were an amount in your bank account. How would you think about it then? Because think about your own bank account. It has your name on it. You own it, you grow it, you choose how to invest in it, and you choose how to spend it. Mm -hmm. You have the password. And your confidence is that same thing. When someone is trying to intimidate you or deplete it, it's as silly as if I were to you know, pull up my phone here and open up Venmo and be like, here, Helani, just deplete my account, right? Yeah. Now, you're centered in your confidence, and I'm centered in my confidence, so that would never happen between the two sure. of us. Which is also part of why we're, we had an We like each other bond. so much, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's that same situation. You know, when you're there and somebody's intimidating you, you can think of it instead as, okay, what can I learn from this right now? And mm -hmm. if nothing else, it's an example of what you won't do mm. when you're in that position. Because mm -hmm. I've had a variety of managers and bosses, and some were amazing and some weren't. Yeah. And in the circumstances that I didn't have control over, you know, I flipped the script and just thought, okay, if this, you know, how will I do it's, this differently? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's informative for later. So, so that's one is think about your competence as an amount in your bank account and protect it the exact same mm. way that you do your account. Mm -hmm. um, that, then that falls in the mindset category, right? It's so true. Then the second one is, you know, what we touched on earlier is list out your strengths and your superpowers mm -hmm. in any category. You know, are you the best at baking banana bread? Write that down. <laughs> I love it. I am actually. Do you know I your way yeah. around a calendar and scheduling better than anybody else? Exactly. Write that down. So true. Um, athletic things. I mean, those are huge confidence boosters. Uh, I recently, a woman who was on one of my workshops shared that she learned how to swim as an adult. Oh. And imagine what that did for her confidence in all realms of her life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a, you know, a physical element of boosting your confidence. And then a third one, and this is a circumstantial one, is find your tribe. Be a part of the Shirohood. And Shirohood is mm -hmm. the combination of she plus hero plus sisterhood. Mm -hmm. You know, same thing with my sisters. You know, sure, we fought when we were little, but we were always far more collaborative than competitive. Yeah. And that's how the Shirohood is. Mm -hmm. We lift each other up. Mm-hmm. And we challenge each other a little bit. Would yeah, that be, absolutely. Yeah, yeah because well, I think challenging actually makes the relationship deeper. Yes. And even, I mean, as we're sitting here right now, and this is a whole other topic, um, but, you know, interpreting criticism as a compliment, mm. you know, if we were sitting here, like, I can't see me right now. Sure. But you can see me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I had kale in my teeth or dirt in my hair, like, I'm I, let would, you know. I would hope that you would tell me. <laughs> I am. I'm going to let you look great, by the way. No, no lipstick on your teeth. Kale-free. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even in the business setting, like, if you said, hey, Jamie, you really missed that one, or that report came in and it had some errors in it, well, Great. Thank you for telling me because yeah. clearly if I knew that, I would have done something about it. And that it. goes back again to the part of workshops and 
coaching. You cannot do stuff alone. And for the admin profession, we feel so much of this island. No one gets us and understands us. I get all of you very well. No <laughs> one gets you and understands you. No one knows that, you know, you were up at 5 a.m. dealing with something or up mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. because they don't see that. And then, yes, maybe you send an email and they see it, but it's very different. You know, really... Um, being comfortable with being in a group and asking for, as you say, shirohood. Yes. Which I love that. And the, the metaphor that I like to use with that is there's, there's crabs and there's birds. Mm. And I choose to be a bird, not a crab. And here's why. Uh, crabs, when they're trapped in a bucket, mm-hmm. they all as individuals are trying to clamor their way out, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to climb and reach the rim. Mm-hmm. And do you know what happens when one manages to reach the rim and gets her claw up there and she's about to achieve her breakthrough and get to the other side? The other crabs in the bucket look up at her and they go, Haha, oh no, she didn't. <laughs> and they pull her back in. Oh, man. Which is, <clears throat> oh, it's, it's, it's just, yeah insane and you know they pull her back in and it's like the view sucks down there and the (laughs) options are limited and it's really boring and yet they pull her back in yeah as opposed to birds Mm -hmm. that birds fly in formation and you know think about this the next time you see those birds flying in v v for victory right yeah i love it that one they do that because the one in front provides uplift to the one behind it and Mm -hmm. together they increase their range by 74 percent so they fly faster and farther by 74% when they do it together. Mm -hmm. And so in the professional setting, how this works is let's say there's a woman and she's, you know, flailing her wings. Mm -hmm. She knows the answer to something, but she's too timid to say it, or she's too shy, or maybe she said it and somebody talked over her. Yeah. As a confident woman in that same scenario, you have the opportunity to provide that uplift and say, hey, you know, Cassidy and I were talking about this earlier. Cassidy, you had such a great idea. Will you share it with the group? Right. There's that uplift. Unity. And where some women get tripped up on this is that they think, ooh, well, by uplifting her, am I pulling myself down? No. No. That's not the case at all. Because when you do that, you're A, demonstrating that you're centered in your own confidence. Yep. Um, B, you're showing excellent leadership characteristics. I swear, I was just going to say the leadership part is huge. And leadership is not someone who has all the answers. No. People get lost and think that's what it is. That's not at all what it no. is. Somebody yeah. who has the questions. Yeah. <laughs> right? Which actually, that's a really great kind of closing uh, example <laughs> the phrase I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I am not a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Uh when you say I'm sorry and I catch it when I'm in the grocery store, uh, which is few and far between these days, but when I'm in the grocery store or when I was out and someone bumps into you, oh I'm sorry. I actually want to say you can just say excuse me. <laughs> and that's a little too much because they're a stranger and I don't want to come off really weird. But yeah. I'm thinking their intentions are good. <laughs> right. The intentions are good and it makes sense, right? They're acknowledging the bump or whichever. Walk me through, really as a powerful ending to our time, the I'm sorry. Yes, yes. So there's there's two parts to this. And then I will leave you with a fictional character uh, who will help remind you of this. Okay. Okay, so part one is that apologies are warranted when you emotionally or physically harm someone. Absolutely mm. appropriate to apologize. How often does that happen in the workplace? Not very often. Mm-hmm. So, you know, making a mistake does not warrant an apology. And there's a great book called Difference Works uh, by Caroline Turner. And she celebrates in there the differences between men and women and how we work with them, not against them. And I am Mm -hmm. also a huge proponent of that. 
And she cites research that says, here's why it's particularly dangerous for women. Because the words I'm sorry are interpreted differently by the male brain and the female brain. Mm -hmm. Females use I'm sorry to be nurturing and collaborative and inclusive. Males see it as a weakness. Mm -hmm. And if we were playing a game, they just scored a point Mm -hmm. and we just lost a point. Mm -hmm. And that's really dangerous even later on because you could be crushing it at your job. But if you're always, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. When it comes time for a special opportunity or a promotion, you'll get passed over. So true. Because it's interpreted as weakness or not being sure of yourself. And for that moment right there, just to interject positively to compliment it, I see a lot for the sake of an action item that you guys can do immediately. When you haven't responded to an email in quote, what you think is the right amount of time you have 24 hours, by the way, unless it's truly a hot item. Don't say, I'm sorry for just now getting back to you. Your words are, thank you for your grace with my timing. Exactly. And that's part two of this is that respond with gratitude instead. Yes. And there's a few reasons behind this. I mean, one is just think about your posture and how you feel internally when you're saying you're sorry. Executive composure. Goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, your shoulders droop. You look down. I'm sorry. Right. And you feel like a jerk. Right. Which is not a powerful place to be. No, it's not. As opposed to gratitude, exactly what you're saying, Halani. Instead, respond with thank you for your patience or Mm -hmm. thank you for pointing that out. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the reminder. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is a much more powerful place to be. And Mm -hmm. even just in talking about it right now. Yeah. You know, my postures. Postures, yeah. Yeah. My shoulders are much better. Yeah. In saying it. So that's a big piece to it. Um, so that's your your fix for it. And then if you really get stuck on this, and I was <laughs> this was born from working with one of my clients, she was just, I'm sorry, it was just a filler. I mean, there wow. were times that she's like, I don't even it it makes no sense. It's just it doesn't. a filler. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with a fictional character called the I'm Sorry Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks like the Grim Reaper, but with long hair and long eyelashes and some badass boots. Mm-hmm. And she has a Sith, you know, that weapon. Yep, the right? weapon. Yep. And so when this particular client would say, I'm sorry, out of turn. Yeah. Uh, you can either just say, I'm sorry, Slayer, and call that, or just make the motion of your hand passing in front of sure, your face, like to you know, cut in, from, in don't a downward say that. arc. Yeah. I'm sorry, Slayer. And so she really grasped onto this. She shared it with her roommates, and mm. so now they call her out on it. Yeah. And then with a different client of mine, I shared the same thing, because in the workplace, she was doing it quite a bit. She shared it with her coworkers. Yeah. So now they're all holding each other accountable. accountable. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's huge. So slay yourself if you, slay those sorries if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole topic of this whole discussion has been revolving around confidence and the connection to voice, which voice is the word you use, which this right here, the impact negatively of using the words, I'm sorry, totally impact your confidence and not just your composure as you're sitting here and shoulders folded inward or pushed back, the perception on the outside. Mm -hmm. So putting yourself in a position to have that executive composure in front of people that you're connected with personally or professionally, you know, is it sweet to say that she shared with her roommates, you have so much opportunity, which was connected to those two choices that you have earlier. Opportunity is a way to pick your mindset. 
Mm -hmm. And the mindset that you choose is going to deliver and drive you towards having and building the confidence. And to give some permission, you are allowed to fall off the wagon and use the I'm sorry, but catch yourself because it's about creating new disciplines. It's about creating those habits that are connected to, which I haven't said this word yet on this episode, but I say it a lot, your brand, Mm -hmm. your brand. Yes. Any closing thoughts? Just, you know, my favorite phrase is empowered women, empower women. Mm -hmm. Uh, Totally true. So surround yourself with empowered women. These can be women, you know, in person. It can also be, you know, people you look out to in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is Mm -hmm. one of my sheroes. Mm -hmm. And I choose to surround myself with her. Yeah. (laughs) Mentally. Right. At times when I'm like, hey, I need some, I need a confidence boost. I need some strength. I need to speak up and I channel my inner RBG and wow, Mm -hmm. does it work. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Empowered women, empower women. We're stronger together. Mm-hmm. And the force of the Shirohood is unstoppable. I love it. So much great stuff, Jamie. Thank you for coming and spending some time with me today. Absolutely. My pleasure, Halani. Thank you for having me. I don't even know where to begin. We covered so much thought-provoking laughter and just great conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome day. Remember, You're the reason you get up every day and work as hard as you do. Do things for you, your executive, and your organization. And remember, it's all worth it.